Hello and welcome back to After the Whistle Sports Podcast. I'm joined today by Jonathan and we're back kind of in person for an episode and we're going to be starting a, or I'm going to be starting at least, uh, an interesting new series um, to kind of get us into the swing of, of college football offseason. It's going to talk about the transfer portal stuff, it's going to outline the teams, go over win totals, uh, and I'm going to call this across the country in college football. So we're basically. I like the name. I, like the name. I thought it was a, it was a pretty smart name to be honest. And what it's going to be is we're going to go conference by conference. I'm going to have various guests on. Maybe I'll do some by myself. Um, but we're going to start on the West Coast, the Pac-12, and just kind of work our way to the ACC, cover every team, so that when we get into the season, you have like a little encyclopedia of every college football team, which should be pretty interesting. And so these are going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. Probably going to be 15 to 20 minutes for each team. Uh, keep the same format for each, so you can kind of scroll through, click on the teams you want to listen about, learn more about. Uh, but yeah, we're super excited, and our first team in the Pac-12 is Stanford. So one of the most, one of the worst Power Five teams in the country. Now. Yeah, it's a very, very exciting way really to kick off. off the yeah, but th- again, this is one of the more interesting teams, and the reason why I really like this new series is that it kind of gives you the ability to look more in depth than the teams that you aren't going to hear much about in the national media. So uh, I did a good amount of research on Stanford the past few days. Uh, so so I, hopefully... did, I did whatever you can. <laughs> yeah. I know they lost a hell of a lot of transfers. Yeah. So, so let's just start off real quick, just an overview of, of what Stanford did in the offseason. So um, David Shaw's gone. Yeah, uh, after a long time. After a long time, future Hall, college football Hall of Fame coach, uh, but he's gone, and they brought in Troy Taylor, who was the former offense or no former tight end coach and offensive coordinator of Utah. Uh, he then coached at Sacramento State, where he won, I believe, he went to three straight, whatever their Final Four playoff thing is called. Yeah, the FCS playoffs. I think. Yeah, um, interesting, interesting coaching hire. I personally really like the hire. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's better than just hiring one of these. Coordinators, coordinators like yeah, who just gets filtered around. Like, this is a guy who's won at, at not the highest level, but he's won at the level he's been at. Mm-hmm. It will be an adjustment. They won three games last year. So, yeah. Yeah, and, I think for Stanford, for their coach specifically, finding a guy who's, like, willing to take the job is probably hard within itself just because of their academic limitations. Like, it's not easy to do at Stanford what David Shaw did there for the better part of a decade. And so going out and getting a guy at the FCS level who's won a lot of games, he was 29-5, I think it's at Sac State. He won Big Sky Coach of the Year twice. Um, I think it's a good risk. I think it's, like you said, definitely better than going out and just taking like a coordinator from the Pac-12 that probably wouldn't work, work out. You know, Stanford, you kind of need to shoot for some more risks there with the limitations they have. Yeah, and they are definitely not going to be winning many games next year. No. Now, we'll we'll usually go over what we think their win total is going to be at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Vegas currently has it at three, so just keep that in mind as we talk through this team because they lost a lot. So Tanner McKee, uh, quarterback, is now in the NFL, uh, who was very good last year, actually. Actually had some real arm talent. Yeah, definitely one of like one of the more interesting quarterback prospects. But they also lost so many transfers. Um, yeah, 
ridiculous. And basically their whole offensive line. Now, Drake Nugent, Miles Hinton, transferred to Michigan. Drake Metcalf uh, transferred to, I believe, another Pac-12 school. Um, they also lost Walter Ruse, who's a great offensive tackle. who's going to Oklahoma. Yeah. So they basically lost an Oklahoma and two Michigan offensive linemen, which – you're kind of saying that. That's a pretty if, good offensive line. If those line. are the schools that are taking your, your offensive linemen, there's probably something to be said about how talented those kids can be. Yeah, and then you go ahead and look at kind of the linebackers. They lost four linebackers to the portal. I think all four starters. Um, and that was actually a spot that wasn't as bad for them last year. So they lost a lot. Now, what did they bring in? Or what are they returning? So they just brought in a few days ago, maybe, maybe it was yesterday, Justin Lamson, Syracuse quarterback. <laughs> and this was very interesting to me because they actually do have a full quarterback battle. So this isn't being talked about in the national media, but they have four quarterbacks yeah, you won't who, see this very often. who could all play. Now, they bring back junior quarterback Ari Patu, who I think was the main backup for Tanner McKee. McKee yeah. But he has like six pass attempts career yeah. so he yeah he, he really hasn't yeah, McKee, McKee was the guy there. like he McKee was at one time like being talked about as a legit NFL prospect so yeah and then you got Ashton Daniels who I think is a, uh, a red shirt um junior or yeah retro junior I believe and then you also have freshman Miles Jackson who's coming in who they speak really highly of um and then they brought in again transfer Justin Lampson so what this tells me, bringing in a transfer this late in the cycle, and again, Lampson didn't really play either. It's they're not satisfied with yeah. what they have. Or they just want to make, like, spice things up. Yeah, increase competition. More, yeah, increase competition. Make these guys better. My personal opinion, and from what I've read from Stanford side guys, is that Patu is going to be the starter. Um, but that job will not be secured, especially in a year where it's a complete rebuilding year. Yeah. It's better to kind of try your guys out and see what you have for the future. And that would make sense. You know, you're bringing in a new head coach. You know, you got this whole thing that no job is, is safe now, especially with the transfer yeah. portal and what these guys can bring in. But, yeah, I mean, this is a transition year. There might be more than one transition year for, for the Stanford program. Yeah. But, you know, bringing in a guy like Miles Jackson, who was a top 30 quarterback in this cl- class, like, not a bad guy to have considering there's only a pool of, like, a certain amount of players that Stanford can recruit from. Yeah, no, they're really, they're really excited about Miles Jackson. And something that was really interesting to me was that Troy Taylor actually sometimes played with the two-quarterback system at Sac State. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe you have a situation where you have Patu and then – I'm not sure how much of a runner Patu is, but I think Miles Jackson is more of a, a dual threat guy. So yeah. um, maybe they, they go and, and give snaps to, to each of these guys. I don't know, but I mean, I, I was going to say, like, if I'm watching Stanford, I'm going to look out for that, but I'm not sure how many Stanford no, I'm games sure I'm going Stanford to be watching. I actually saw Stanford play in person last year. Yeah. It was very spontaneous. I saw them play the same day, actually, I was at Michigan. I was at the Notre Dame, Notre Dame game. Notre Dame, so. That was one ugly football game. Yeah, so we mentioned the quarterback competition. Now, uh, one of the, maybe the only bright spot of this entire team is that they bring back Ben Urasek, mm-hmm. uh, who was all Pac-12 second team last year, one of the best tight ends in the country. Yeah. Is going to be a draft pick next year. And it's going They're, to be probably one of the top eight, yeah, top ten tight ends day drafted. Two, day, early day three probably for him. Yeah, so, I mean, he's going to have so many targets. 
Um, they're always going to be losing. I mean, this is a guy, if you're going to take anything away from, from this team, and that Troy Taylor also has always had good tight ends, whether that was at Utah, he's the tight end coach earlier. And Stanford, just in general, has produced yeah. a lot of really good tight ends. So, again, like, if you're going to, if you have to watch a Stanford football game, keep an eye on the quarterback competition, keep an eye on uh, Ben Eurosack if, if, you're, if you're one of these fantasy football guys like me who's going to be looking <laughs> at him for dynasty stuff. But yeah. He's a, he's a great player. And then EJ Smith, um, the r- running back's also returning. started last year. He's a pretty good player. Um, nothing crazy, but at least you're, like, returning some semblance of a ground game there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they so don't – Only don't, 30 carries, but seven yards in a time. Yeah, he attack. played. He not, played. Not bad. My problem is they, they don't have enough guys. On, they had, I think, five or six offensive line transfers. So yeah, are they going to have, like – Close to like the limit, yeah. They 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 might not have enough like offensive linemen, and which is never a position, yeah, because they weren't very their their offense was not very good last year, no, it was awful. And they had an NFL quarterback, (laughs) um, defensively, from what I've heard again, like I don't know too much about these players specifically, but I heard their secondary is not terrible, yeah, I've heard the same thing. And actually, like, what I don't know how many of these those guys return, but. They, they did some nice things against Notre Dame last year when I watched Yeah. Them. Again, this is going to be a very young team, probably one of the youngest teams in college football. Very inexperienced. They don't have a quarterback yet. Um, I like the under on the win total. Yeah, I mean, just looking at their schedule, like, they start week, week one, they play Hawaii on Friday night at Hawaii. Hawaii you could lose that game. Hawaii is one of the worst teams in the country. Like, it, include, it might be including FCS schools. They are so so bad, but like after that, there's no like sure wins on here. Like even Sacramento State at home, Taylor's former former team. I, I, you you cannot I, I lose to Sacramento they, State. I would assume that they have some players returning from a very good FCS team last year, and so I wouldn't count that as a sure a sure victory. But other than that, I think like their Pac-12 schedule overall is pretty easy. Like getting Arizona, who's not terrible, but Arizona. Zona and Cal at home. You get to go to Colorado. Like you get getting those three teams in the Pac-12 is relatively favorable. I, I still don't think this team wins three games. I don't either. I would take the under <laughs> because uh, I think Hawaii. Too. Like, I, I have my doubts about the winning a Pac-12 game. Well, because listen, if they had if they had Colorado at home, with did they play Cal at home. Yes, last game of the year. So if they had Colorado Sorry, and. If they had Colorado and Cal at home, maybe you're, you're thinking, okay, like maybe they could miraculously win two of those but and like, then win Sacramento State but like, and then win Hawaii. Arizona will go to Stanford to be favored in, in that game. That's like that's week four. So, I, I like that, that, that says a lot more. They're also, they're, also, they're also at Wazoo. Do you not think Wazoo is good? I know we haven't gotten to that. To well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it, but, but I, I think they're worse than some of these other teams in the Pac-12. Okay. Like, I don't think Arizona's – a terrible football team. Oh, Arizona's going to be good. I know what they lost in the transfer portal, but, like, this is a team that can possibly make a bowl. <laughs> did you listen to um, you listen to my podcast I did with Jack last year? We did a similar no. thing where we went through all the conferences. I did not. I was so high on Arizona. It was a year early. They won five games, right? I had the over on – I think it was three and a half. Yeah. I was like, they are going to lock you this. You must have been the year. They beat San Diego State. I was. They, they had, like – well, t- again, I don't want to get too ahead of myself yeah, on these teams because we're going to talk about them. But Arizona, like, legitimately has talent to compete at the upper 
I mean, maybe not like the 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 national Pac-12 teams, but like they can be better and like compete with like UCLA. Yeah, I I think I agree. Their offense is really dynamic. So, I mean, anything else with, with Stanford here that we want to mention? No, uh, I'm just we, looking through it, our notes, but I think if this team got one Pac-12 win, it would honestly be a successful season. You with just the roster they're putting out. You can't lose to Sacramento State after you took their coach. Please no. don't lose to Sacramento State. I'm trying State. to think of a situation where that happened before and nothing's coming to mind. But, yeah, you, you can't lose to them, no matter who so, they bring back. what would you need to see on the field to to call it? I mean, obviously you're not going to have the wins to measure success. But, mm-hmm. like, how are you going to measure success for a team like Stanford? I think, like, competitiveness is probably a, fa- a fair way to do that, right? Like, if you're – I'm not saying, like, these teams need to go out and play like, – one possession game week two at USC, but if they're competitive in games with Arizona, like if they're competitive in games with Wazoo, with Cal, with with Colorado, um, that would probably be encouraging. It's a, other than those like four teams, they don't really play like any like mid level teams. I guess like in the Pac twelve, we'll probably discuss yeah. this more, but there's really no like mid level teams. Either you're an upper echelon team or you're a lower. For sure, no, I agree. Team. Okay, I think for our first episode, that's going to wrap it up. Yeah. So this was the Stanford Cardinal Football 2023 Outlook. Um, next episode is going to – I mean, we're going to record it right after this. I don't know when, when these are going to be uploaded. But next episode is going to be UCLA, so be on the lookout for that. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening.